Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. We number about 140, give or take a few. And we're looking around for 4,000. Just like you. You will come again, won't you? Oh yeah, you've always been here. Yeah, I'm the father you all wanted. Never thought you had, but you do have. That rug really tied the room together, did it not? Fucking A. This guy peed on it. Donnie, please. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustav Matteblanc. London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. <sighs> that was a good ding dong. Boy. Been, been too long. We're very snack-oriented here lately. Yeah, we are. It's okay. Nothing wrong with a good snack. You know, snack was a big player back in the day. After was school? A, yeah. Either got home, roll off the bus, however you got there. Biggest one for me was always the cereal. That was a go-to. See, I, I mean, in my youth, I ate cereal for breakfast, but I was never a cereal after. Whew. Boy, I'd eat it. When I got and, home from school, late then, at night. No, and then probably after about junior high, I turned my back on cereal. Really? Yeah. Now, were you allowed to have the sugar cereals? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was eating the, the Fruit Loops, the Honey Smacks, the Fruity Pebbles. Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms, absolutely. Well, uh, you remember if you'd get some of that Honey Smack on your fingers, you'd never get that off. Yeah, it was like uh, industrial like adhesive, yeah. Frankenberry. I never was big on the chocolate cereals as much. The Captain Crunch, the Captain Cunt Crunch, uh, <laughs> Easy. Captain Crunch. <laughs> How'd you feel about the peanut butter crunch? I never dabbled in that because I wasn't a big peanut butter, and I'm still not a big peanut butter person to this really? day. So I eat every day just about eight peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, me too. I'm a, I'm big on the mixed nut. I don't eat. Peanut you get the butter. two for a dollar? No, I buy the big screw top. The Costco style? Yeah. Yeah. Of the planters, lightly salted. You don't go mixed. You just go straight peanut. I go, oh, well, I, I don't go mixed because I don't really care for almonds that much. Really? Yeah. So I don't mind the cashew. How do you feel about the Brazilian? Eh, that's okay. I've been eating a lot of pistachios oh, here lately. Oh, those good. So those will cost you. Yeah. So what I do is I eat... Some pistachios, which the oil on them makes it very hard to work a touchpad on a laptop. Yeah, a little oily. So, pre cracked, or are you cracking them? I'm cracking them, or they're you know they're still shelled. So some you have to crack. I get those. I eat a few of those, then I'll supplement mm. the less costly peanut. Then after that, and then I'll enjoy a nice cold Coke Zero. The mixed nut is got to be up there with my favorite snack. Really. Also a big fan of the jerky. 
How you feel about the jerky? I like jerky, but I don't like the cost of jerky. Yeah, it's expensive. And so, and you know, I've got a dehydrator. I just haven't ever really experimented making a lot of jerky. I guarantee you, Heavy's got HSOs on jerky. Oh yeah, he could do a whole solo episode. Funny you should mention that because I actually did make some notes where he talks about making the jerky in his sink, doing it in his oven, probably doing it in his underwear. Oh, in his no oven. doubt. Yeah, just wiping his chest with remnants. <laughs> he's probably got some ideas, even though he's never actually made it, of some pemmican recipes that he liked to. Oh, I'm sure he's got his own seasoning plan. Because he's read a Kit Carson book about how they ate pemmican one time. Funny you should mention that, because I actually did make some notes. I love the jerky. My, I, I my like biggest it. go-to snacks are probably the mixed nut is probably one. Jerky has got to be a top fiver, though. How do you feel about the block cheese? No. Extra sharp cheddar. Well, see, I don't mind extra sharp cheddar. but You don't I, do the block? I don't do the block. I don't. What are you doing? Craft singles? Well, I mean, we have craft singles, although it seems like that's usually used to f- give the dogs medicine, it seems like. Yeah, you can get thing. a nice wrap around with those. But I, I buy the pre-shredded cheese. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like them. Which mix you go with? The Mexican blend or the Colby Jack? I like Colby Jack, but I also just like a cheddar. Well, I'm a big fan of the extra sharp cheddar block. I usually usually go mild and not the extra sharp. but I like to carve it off like Irish Spring and just eat it. I love those commercials. Slice into that soap. And Coast. That Coast will open your eyes. Yeah, that's a, that's, and some zest. Zest. I'm an Irish Spring guy, though. What soap do you go with? Traditionally, I was Irish Spring, but I've moved now to, uh, since I have a lot more body hair, I just use a... uh, a, Homemade soap? Yeah, it's a mixture of human fat and some ash, some, you know, hardwood ash. No, I like human fat because it's just a, you know... (laughs) The viscosity is just right. It's just nice. And uh, a little bit of uh, glycerin in there. Sure, sure. I have made lye soap before. I don't doubt it. How'd that go? I mean, it was lye soap. It'd eat your fingernail off if you weren't careful. You know, you weren't selling a lot at the market. No, I had it wrapped up in a, some cheesecloth and a <laughs> little bit of calico as a bow. Well, I, I go with the, I mean, for a long time, I went with the Old Spice. Yeah, I knew you were big on, you're always big on I'm that. Always big on the Old Spice deodorant, although I've just, I've run out of the original that you can't find anymore because I bought. I know you've been searching. I bought, you know, boxes of it whenever it was available. I bought stores out of it when they still had that old stuff and you can't hardly find it even anywhere, even online anymore. No, and it's a, it's a sad moment when whatever you've gotten accustomed to dries up. But I'm, I've, I, and I used to do the old spice, uh, body wash, Mm -hmm. but I got back to the bar. And I'm pretty much an old spice. I mean, a an Irish Spring guy. Now. I was I was Irish Spring growing up, and now I oh, just yeah, use a, sure. just whatever the shampoo conditioner thing is, and I just wash all the body hair too with it, which just seems you use to be the what shampoo I'm, conditioner for your body wash. Yeah. Well, you're really a rebel. Yeah. Do you use the loofah? No, I'm not a loofah guy. Not a loofah guy? No. Man, I'm big on the loofah. I'm not big on the loofah. The loofah that thing up. It makes the soap last so much now, longer. Now, are you using the natural sponge loofah or are you using like some type of synthetic? Synthetic. Yeah. I mean, I I don't make my own loofah. You're not 
free diving off the reef. No, I'm not. I'm not at the coming out of the water like Sophia Loren and uh, the Blue Dolphin. Wasn't no, that the movie? I'm not diving for the in the Bay of Capistrano or for my Ursula Andrews and uh, Doctor No. No, but I do like the Irish Spring Bar. And you get it, it. You you do get so much more out of the bar. Oh yeah, yeah. It's there's it's light and night and day as far as value. And the 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 bath the body wash industry quite a markup you get in there. Oh yeah, I mean no, they, you can go through that shit in about three days. Oh yeah. If my if my if I didn't have to yell at my boys to actually use soap because they consider just being in the water a bath. Refreshing, uh, cleansing. Yeah, I would spend a lot of money on it. But luckily, or unluckily, however you look at it, they don't like soap, so they just get in the water. What well, makes the soap last long? Oh, it goes forever. I'm like, I don't, I don't have to buy you anything. I just have to yell at you to actually use products. Where do you fall in the bath? I bet you're not a big bath I'm guy. I'm not a big bath guy. And I, I mean, think we talked about this a few weeks ago. Well, I can't remember. I know. I'm pretty sure that we said it because I think I made some comment about how I only take baths in general with With the missus. With your wife. That's right. That's right. And I only take baths with your wife. And that was the joke you made then. Yeah. Right. So So we're we're consistent with our uh, callbacks. I don't mind mind a nice warm bath. I mean, it's not bad. And a couple of years ago. I got my little boats and stuff. Right. We and your snorkel. We redid one of the bathrooms. Shaved my legs. And our house was built in like 1950s, so the bathrooms are not big. You got a claw foot? No, but it was a old school cast iron tub. Yeah. And I had to just literally beat the shit out of it to get it out of there and just mm. broke it up. So we found a... Y'all got iron pipes under there? Yeah. Yeah. We found a, a soaker tub that had a jacuzzi and all that that fit into this narrow piece, and so we put it in... I did call in the plumbers to do this crazy fixture that she, and I could have done it. Bidet? No, it wasn't a bidet. We're still getting fireworks. No shit. <laughs> but Mrs. Gustav ordered, you know, like, if I have to, I always buy fixtures. I'm like, is this one of the big three makers? Am I going to be able to get parts for this 15 years down the line? Right. Well, she found something she liked online. And ordered it from China after she'd had a couple of glasses of Chardonnay of um, white Pinot Noir. Oh, anyway, straight out of the box. Yeah, it's more economical. Zampria, that way. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I had them come in and put it in, and the because we got those old cast iron drain pipes. I had them because they had to reshift things, and so it was just easier to let them do it. But I did all the other install. And this might come as a surprise to you, but I was a little overzealous with my use of spray foam insulation. <laughs> this does not surprise me. So it's a it's a fiberglass tub, and it has a um, the jacuzzi pump is accessed through the outward facing side it has a big panel that's a full length of tub that pops off. Yeah. So I'm in there. I'm like, well, fuck. We'll level it out and everything with all the spray foam, and it'll insulate it so it'll stay better. So I'm just, I don't know how many cans of it. I'm just spray foam and spray foam. Did you warp the side of the tub? No. (laughs) But 
up to this point, we hadn't um, consummated the marriage. Now that we'd done that at least once, even though we have three kids. Um, Hello. I filled. I, I took the screen off the window and I ran a hose from outside. <laughs> Always a good start to fill up the tub because I'd done the electrical of it for the pump, but we hadn't gotten the water turned on for us. So there was something with we didn't have water going to it. So I'll go and fill it up, and I go to turn on the the pump. Yeah, and I I tested the the outlets. They all the GFIs. They all worked. Nothing. <laughs> And it took us about two years because we had things going on and me traveling for me to get this done. Oh, boy. So we're way past a, hey, taking this back to Lowe's. It's not to mention it's installed totally and we've tiled and all this stuff around it. How is Mrs. Gustav's patience level at this point? Well, we usually don't get crossways with one another in general, except when it comes to home improvement <laughs> uh, things. <laughs> Projects that Gus has started and then or moved that, out of the country. Or that she initiates and then I start to overanalyze. Right. And point Let out. Let me see the schematics on this thing. Well, you know, my job in real life is a problem solver. Right. And I'm also paid to think of all the potential problems and then think of the ways to mitigate them. But the only way you can do that is to list out all the potential problems. Right. And she is not wired that way. She's more of a optimist, whereas I feel I'm a pragmatist, but she would call me just a pessimist. Sure. So, yes, when it comes to home improvement, that's where we often, there's some friction at times. <laughs> so, yeah, she's... And not the good kind. Not the not the, the better kind. So she's a little, uh, we're a little miffed. And so I start looking at it. And in my overzealous spray foaming, this tiny, and you know, as it starts to expand, it does whatever the fuck it wants. Oh, yeah. This tiny little finger of foam curled around in through the grating of the pump for the, the motor for the pump oh, and no. lodged in the coil so it couldn't spin. <laughs> so I have to. So like, you got to rip stuff out? I, I didn't, it didn't get to that point. I think I unmounted the motor. And was like, you know, contorting to get it out. And I finally got enough so it would clear and it would finally go. And then everything was good. But, oh, it was the worst feeling. It was like, and I, and it was when I was traveling nonstop at the time. So here I am on like a Friday afternoon thinking I'm really going to make this progress. And I even want to say that I had filled it up while she was away in town. Like when she comes in, it's going to be this big oh, surprise. Yeah. And I waited Reveal. to turn it on and nothing. nothing. Anyway, she uses the bath. The kids use the bath. I shower 99.9% of the time. And I can only think of maybe one time where I took a bath in the last 13, 14 years of traveling. Really? In a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Hotel bath sometimes. I, that's, that's, there, was, there was a year that I was trail running in this really weird nature preserve in Michigan that was down the road from where I was staying. And I had really like, I'd run further than I'd ever run as an adult maybe ever. And I was just, I'm like, I had to soak yeah. in hot water for that one. Cause I don't like running long distances, but I was gearing up for a 
mud run thing with fake Bailey J for Tough Mudder, and I was didn't want her to show me up and like be like LGBT forever type right. thing. Have I ever told you about that race? Uh, a little bit, but not not a whole lot. I think we did. I, did think, I think we did in the first year. We may have talked about it. We yeah. did the Tough Mudder, and she gave me the... And you had the shirt, the shirt everything. Said, hers said, mine said, I am here, and hers said, I am queer. Right. And people took, since they were matching and we were next to each other, that we were both... LGBTQ. Well, those are the same shirts that you and Heavy wore at County Fair. Would that have not been the icing on the cake? <laughs> First off, I'm surprised. Well, never mind. Yeah, we don't want to. I was going to say that and I'll trauma. It out. I'm surprised he had it when we got there. All you need to know about County Fair is that Gus and I were going looking for our good friend Heavy, fully expecting him. Boys. I'm gonna bleep all that out. All right, I'll bleep it. But it did happen. It did happen, and we were worried. What about shower duration? How long do you go? Eh, not very long. You just in and out. Uh, probably you the know, big in and out guy. I'm. I. I don't. I'm not a soaker. Have you ever heard of that soaking no. in the shower? No, no, no. This is a an anecdotally. I don't know. You've heard. I've heard tell from colleagues. No, not from colleagues, <laughs> although I have worked with a few Soakers. LDS members. But since premarital sex is definitely frowned upon in the Latter-day Saints. Oh, yeah. But... Got to get them pajamas on. You got them needs. Got them needs. They don't have sex with the pajamas on. They have sex pajamas, though, right? Well, they have... They have sacred underwear. Right. Undergarments. Sacred gar- undergarments. Undergarments. Right. They call them G's. Yeah. Anyway, but... Don't they have sex in those, though? No, no, no. They don't? No. They don't have a flap? No. No flap? I don't think there's a flap. There's definitely not sex with them. I don't think so. Are they just for premarital? No, no, they're for... They're... You get those after you've uh, taken your temple recommend that you're really fully vested in the, the faith. And now... Some people, I don't think, I think it's mixed, but some people do wear their underwear, their normal underwear and Under bras their clothes. over the undergarments, some. Oh, okay. But anyway, but, and this is totally anecdotal, I, and just, or not even anecdotal, but uh, apocryphal. I don't know if it's true or not, but instead of thrusting the premarital thing. Now, when you say thing, thrusting. I'm saying in and out, in and out. Okay. But. They just put the peen into the the vajay, and they just sit there motionless. And this is acceptable. So, this is at least maybe it's maybe it's like people that convince themselves it's acceptable. Anyway, but the links people will go to to rationalize. Oh yeah, what they're doing, especially is, in the confines of their faith. You know, they're really struggling to. And you talk about looking for a loophole. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> So anyway, that's I've heard that's called soaking. Well, so good. there's no ejaculation, there's no, but it's just you're in and you're not moving. It's almost like tantric, yeah, or just like taking a nap. That's not bad. Falling asleep, taking a nap while you're still in. Now, when you say in, <laughs> <laughs> this is our uh, definitely uh, not safe for work episode. Yeah, this is. After hours, can you hear me? Well, I'm 
shockingly enough, I'm not opposed to the bath. I'm I, I'm not opposed to it. I, just I like to don't... go full cucumber on the eyes, you know, get some nice wine going, candlelight. Well, and I do think there is a difference here, and it's that. I yeah, don't, what about the outdoor bath? Now that's a good. I have never had the outdoor bath. I've had the outdoor hot tub, but I've never had the outdoor bath. Now, I think that in general, you are more able to relax than I am. Yeah, that's that's probably true. I mean, part of that is with the help of a libation, of course. I think that course. certainly would change things. But in general, I don't relax really well. I either go to sleep, right. Or I'm not, and that's kind of, I have to be doing something. Yeah, you're not a big soothe kind of guy. No, no, I don't don't do well sitting down and just watching TV. You're not big on meditation. <laughs> Can you imagine? I would love to see you at like a meditation seminar conference situation. Fuck, guys, are we going to do something? Yeah, well, to meditation, and I don't want to tip our hat or uh, tip our hand too far. Wild Wild Country. Oh, yeah. We, we're going to get into we're that. We're going to do that uh, when we got heavy. And so I, I would like to get some... Uh... <laughs> He's O-showing me right now. <laughs> but the dynamic meditation that uh, Bogwan was pushing there before right. was Osho. Osho, not Osho. <laughs> he was pushing a lot of safety concerns he had about the industrial. You think there was a lot situation. of a lot of safety uh, regulations there at the compound, but um, he's putting up cones, all that crazy jumping around, and I mean, I could probably do that, right? But just the sitting in silence, the sitting in silence, I would have trouble with that fifth. Uh, now there fifth are step. a lot of people that I would like to take a vow of silence for several years. I really do wonder how that would. What that experience would be like. Can you imagine? Being silent? Yeah, like if you were to go silent for a year. Uh, around other people would be incredibly difficult. Yeah. And even, let's say, even if you, so let's make it functional to where you could still do your job and everything. Right. And you could communicate minimally with your family so that, you know, you were still yeah. able to be functional. But that other than that, that you tried to limit all, quote, Excess verbiage. Wow, we wouldn't be doing this bullshit. <laughs> that that that's sort of another name for our podcast. Excess verbiage. There's a hundred people right now saying, "Man, I wish they would." Right? No, it's pretty much what we do. Wow, that'd be difficult. Now, have I'll, you ever even done like a short term, like a weekend, like oh, those no, silent no. meditation weekend no, kind the, of thing? The most I've ever done is that there were some things. Twenty minutes on a Saturday in '84. <laughs> yeah, there were some. Um, in the Boy Scouts, there is a gr subgroup of honored campers, is the idea behind it, called the Order of the Arrow. <laughs> yes, the Order of the Arrow. And one of the things that happens when you're initiated into that, and first you have to be elected by your fellow scouts because they say, oh, he's a he helps us, he's an example of an yes. honored camper. <laughs> So, so much loincloth. Well, that's where we're going. So the, the first thing is what we call the ordeal. This is where you dip your balls in honey? No. That's the third stage. <laughs> no, and the ordeal is that they make you stay silent for basically 24 hours. While others mock you. <laughs> while others mock you and while they make you do manual labor. It's usually hot. Shaking it, boss. 
and you also have to um, eat scant food. So they might give you like half of a hot dog and a, and one Piece potato chip. Yeah, I mean it's very maybe like half a spoonful of uh, scrambled eggs, and then they feed you at the end of that twenty four hours. Then you can talk after a ceremony that does involve loincloths. <laughs> but Are you ever branded? No, I was never branded. God no. But that was a, a 24 hours. That's about the most I've ever done. And what was that experience like? You felt like you were, I mean, it was part of a, of something bigger as far as an overall experience. So it wasn't just that. So you felt like you were doing something as part of this ordeal. See, I've been through an experience before where you were supposed to be silent for a long period of time. And my experience with it was like initially during the initial part, you feel like you're just saving it all up. Uh-huh. Like there's all this stuff that you're like, well, you know, when I can talk, this is what I want to say, or this is what I'm thinking about this. But the longer it goes, it sort of, it sort of dissipates it to fr- where. Is it a sense of freedom then? Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of is, but it gets to the point to where you, if you do it long enough, you don't feel that pressure right. to say stuff. And then it, it kind of goes away, and then it is kind of peaceful and freeing. But it takes a while to get to that point. I would imagine. Uh, I mean, now, personally, and if she gets mad at me, for real mad at me, I get the silent treatment from the missus. Oh, yeah. And that tears me up. That'll get you anxious. And so I don't like that at all. So would you rather have a partner that talked non-stop or hardly ever spoke i guess if if it was going to be that way i would pick the hardly ever okay good to know because can we just agree and i know that this is ironic that most people that we that we would say this but most people talk too much oh absolutely and that probably includes us on this but i I have I have some people very close to me that are pressure of speech type people. Yeah. And they are constantly talking. Right. They just cannot be they silent. Cannot, they can't handle they silence. They can't handle silence. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're traveling or if they're watching TV or whatever. It is a nonstop stream. Boy, and there, there are a few things that get my goat. Like, if I'm going to watch, if I'm watching a movie... Or if I'm watching a documentary or something that, like, when I watch something, I want to get into it and just right. get immersed in it. I don't want any chatty bullshit going on during that. Yeah. And I can't stand, if I'm sitting there trying to watch something with somebody and they're hitting me with a thousand questions, or they're just doing a running commentary of what we're watching, right. I'm out. So, when Mrs. Gustav and I watch TV, we're pretty silent. That's good. Yeah, as you should be. If it's... The family dynamic. Well, yeah. I then mean, it turns into something else. And sometimes I'm at fault. Like, I'm like, no, pay attention to this. Right. Because we show them lots of things that we want them to share in the experience. And then this may come as a surprise. My boys all talk. Sure. So there's that. And there, if it's something funny. Well, it's different then, when it's kids. I know. But they're getting to be... You know, one's an actual teenager now, so it's... And you feel some pressure to kind of direct the experience right. with them. Now, yeah. when we go to the movies, they don't. Right. You know, so they're, they know the boundaries. Well, there's there nothing are, worse than movie-talking guys. Oh, I can't stand it. 
And, you know, growing up where we did and where I still live to some extent, the theaters, the theater's not always full. Yeah. Right. So it's pretty nice where there's not a lot of that. I have been in like, I think we went and saw one of the shitty late eighties, James Bonds with Timothy Dalton at a theater in Washington, DC while we were on a scout trip. You want to talk about eyes opening what the rest of the world, how they watch movies. Mm-mm. That was a, oh shit. Why are, why is everybody talking to the theater? I can't handle that. No, it's, but yeah, I can't take the, the talking. Okay. So back to our meditation thing. And in general, so we want people to watch, um, wild, wild country. If they yes. have it on Netflix, and that's about the... Uh, I might even rewatch that one. It was very good. Was I, really I might good. have to. I, I powered through it because I'd been backed up where I didn't have time, and so I just kind of... It's gotten hot, and I didn't want to be outside a couple weekends ago, and I just powered through the whole thing on one Saturday. Yeah. I, I watch it over a course of a couple of days. It's easy to binge. Yeah, it's easy. It's very... And, and in fact, Mrs. Gustav was like, this is really unlike you binge watching because normally i don't ever watch anything back to back i like to break it up but then there's also another cult based a different cult based documentary that's on amazon prime right now called the source family and that's a few years older which i I watched the you told me about it and i watched the trailer for it and it looks great yeah it's it's next up on my list and it's short it's like maybe 90 minutes or so so it's and it's it's not as nearly as comprehensive. And then I've done some reading outside of that that I've got that I want to talk about about that. So different perspectives about that group. But then you turned us on to an older documentary that I don't know how any of us missed. That is the most can you hear me thing ever. <laughs> yes. And that is Finders Keepers. And that's also on Amazon Prime. We're going to do an episode on Finders yeah, Keepers. Yeah, we, we may be a we may do a documentary episode. Maybe yeah. roll them all up. Well, I'm a big, you know, I mean, I'm I'm a documentary guy. Yeah, and in fact, if the the hierarchy, you're the top of the documentary pile. I watch a second, lot of them, and then I'm trailing along because I just don't watch that much TV, or just don't watch that much of anything. But which is ironic considering how I grew up. But everybody, if you like. Our podcast, I would be incredibly surprised if you do not thoroughly enjoy Finders Keepers. I know we're not going to talk about it now, but can I at least yeah, tell get you to give me the Ebert Siskel thumbs up on it? Two resounding thumbs up the butt. I mean, it is... <laughs> it is so 903. So, not to give away too much... But involves people from the South. It involves a quest for fame, some substance abuse, and some Southern ingenuity. Some Southern ingenuity and some get rich quick schemes. A disembodied leg. Man. So in a storage shelter. In a storage locker. Uh so Watch that. Also, it's only maybe it's under two hours, so it's not like it takes a long time. But like like a lot of the things that we enjoy, even though the story itself is fascinating, 
to me, the richness of it is it's character driven. Yes. The characters that are involved in it will Absolutely. stick with you. And, you know, we'll go into further detail. We know those guys. Oh, there is or, no doubt. Know, the people that are, we know people exactly like them. So exactly anyway. Exactly like them. So those are our homework for anybody that's Wild Wild Country, the Source family, and Finders Keepers. Wild Wild Country is on Netflix. Source Family and Finders Keepers are on Amazon Prime right now. Yeah. So, and if you need a Prime membership, just call Heavy. Yeah. He's heavy. got he's got one from some coyote he picked up that he'll send you. The, yeah, and not not a four legged coyote, folks. No, we're talking straight border. Go back to our uh, border episode. You can find out about Heavy's dalliances and human trafficking. Did you smash your finger recently there? I noticed that. I thought that. we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, too. Did we? Yeah, I dropped, uh, I was carrying my Roomba. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. The famous Roomba incident. And it dropped it, and when I tried to catch it, it smashed it against the tile. That's pretty high cotton for you to be off in the Roomba world now. Well, we've had it for several years. It's, Did you it, make it? No, I didn't make it. I have had to replace the battery and to take things apart. Do you ever ride into the room on it? Naked? No, it's not that solid. Uh, <laughs> it's not that stout. I haven't added extra horsepower to it. We don't have, we have like, up until recently, we didn't have any carpets at all. And we still don't have carpets, but Mrs. brought in a, a new rug that really ties the room together in the living room. <laughs> How many times have you used that phrase? <laughs> Enough that I get stink eye from it, but uh, this really ties the room together. Huh? But it's uh, with those damn bulldogs, you can't sweep enough. Oh yeah, it's and like every day, oh multiple times, and so it it it's amazing. And the dirt, I drag in dirt. You know, I mean, it's we live. It's it's shocking, and you know, I realize. You know, you don't have as much traffic through here, but, you know, this is not what my house looks like. Right. And when you go from the suburban, you pull up, you get out, you know, versus me traipsing through mud and stuff. It's just, and then the dogs dragging it in. <laughs> my house is a, it, it's, it needs, it needs like five Roombas. You need like three Twiggies? Yeah. <laughs> better, better, better. So anyway... Yeah, I smashed my finger, and then it was swollen. I mean, it's still Have you cut that thing freaky. open? No, I it... haven't. And I got lectured the other day how I should have... need to drill a hole in that thing. Should have come to Mrs. Gustav to fix it. And she's like, why didn't you come to me? I'm like, I've been here right next to you the whole time. It's been... It's... I mean, it still looks like you got some fluid buildup there. still a little bit, but I'm letting it go down. It's more like a kind of just... I got a drill back there if you want to do it on air. No, it's all right. All right. You also heat up the needle and... Oh, yeah. Just right. But watching all these documentaries about the cults, and, and we've talked about cults in the past a little bit, how that was a big thing in the 70s for us. You know, my I've mentioned that my mom was worried about my aunt down in Austin, like getting sucked into the Moonies and stuff, and we've talked about Jonestown. When we had some quasi-cults in our area, yeah. you know, that you'd hear rumors about. I just wonder if... I was thinking the other day how the 70s were this incubator that was primed for all these people that were susceptible to cults. Right. Because you had a big 
Well, it was a desperate time. Right. You had a big shift in cultural mores. You had people that were... Um, you had people caught in the middle. Caught in the middle. People that were very disenfranchised and uh, disillusioned about things and that they were looking for something to be right. part of and something that made them feel connected and things. Looking for meaning. So I got to thinking with all of the current sense of societal unrest that we perceive. Are we on the brink of are, another Are we on the brink revolution? of another opening to cults? And I know that there was a whole thing about some girl from some Superman show that was in some cult. Here. Right. I don't know the details about that, but... The sex trafficking. The sex trafficking yeah. thing. But I just got to thinking, like, and we've talked about it off air at length, how I don't know that with social media, it's kind of an echo chamber, you know, where you see things, but you're not really sure that that's how the bigger picture is. Well, that was a big draw of the cult too back then was the unknown to where now there's so little that's unknown because of social media. Yeah, and, that kind and of I, thing. I think that might be the, the thing that might limit that window right. is that but people... If you look at it as a reaction to the social media movement to where people are looking for something that is unknown. Right. And or, something that's not publicized. Or something that's real versus right. something that's something virtual. genuine. Yeah. Then I could see it moving towards that again. Right. Where we might see another uprising. I, I think if it really Maybe shifted. Maybe we should start it. Well, I mean, I'm thinking that's always the way to be. You always I guarantee wanna, you Heavy has ideas. He think if if he was here... He would be grinning because he could think that he could be a cult leader. Do you know how many people he would like to have sitting at the foot of his rocking chair? Oh, he would love it. In fact, he probably has fantasies about, just in general, not even being a cult, just people sitting around listening to his stories. Just hanging on every word. He's probably... That's, that's really the only reason he's doing this with us. Yeah, no, it's not about camaraderie no. and us you he know having a, a bond about us. no fuck no in fact he he's there for his pe what he calls off air his people right if he knew how to run the technical side of it <laughs> we'd never see him again no he'd be his have his own right now he wants to sit in that rocking chair and have mostly young ladies yeah of course sitting around him just at his beck and call and hanging on every story. Bringing him, feeding him grapes from above. Enjoying his beans. <laughs> Telling him how good his crappie are. Pontificating on the reemergence of the Southwestern garb. Right. Uh, but I just, it feels like he, he feel. I think he feels like he was born to wear a robe. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised we haven't gone over there. And he's in a robe. He's fully robed in moccasin. Yeah, he hadn't... Teva, moccasin Teva. So he and I both used to have the knee-high moccasins. <laughs> oh, I know. I've seen yours. I haven't seen his. Yeah, he used to have a pair, too. And I'm surprised we haven't gone over there and he's bought some moccasins. And I'll tell you right now... Because I don't know if he could slide into those old ones. Oh, hell no. <laughs> they wouldn't fit on his calves. He does a lot of calf work. Well, he's just, <laughs> he's calving. Um, oh, he would, yeah, he would love to be 
Oh, breastplate of beads. And not even for the sex. No, no, no. Just for the adoration. Just for people calling him Father Heavy. <laughs> oh, God. He is going to, you know what he's going to do? He's going to listen to this. And he's going to be like, you guys are full of shit. And then lean back and just smile. <laughs> yeah. He knows. And so, not to get too much in a wild, wild country, you and I would be the uh, tough titty gal and the lawyer guy right. behind him. Yeah, I'd be the one having to get my ass into court right. trying to defend what he's doing. And I'm going on Donahue talking smack. <laughs> He's just sitting over there smiling. Right. Just it, he's been silent for the last month. <laughs> that never happened. Oh man. No. Yeah, that that part he'd have trouble with. But yeah, so heavy walking out into a giant hall raising, raising his hands his arms, yeah. as topless women jump up and down. Oh, he'd be so happy. <laughs> what color would he have his followers dress in? Well, it's got to be turquoise. <laughs> Instead of a medallion of him, it's just a... <laughs> I'm just imagining all of these people in a large room that are waiting as he... What, what, is it he's, what is it he's reaching for? Thinking, is he about to grab a book of wisdom? Is he a, a, about to reveal this medallion of truth? And he... what? No, what, he, he's getting a dip. <laughs> Yeah, it's, <laughs> all of his followers have to have a... <laughs> they bring out like this sacred box <laughs> that he opens up that's got his can of snuff in it. All of the followers have to wear cut-off jeans. Oh, man. <laughs> they all have to have a, a, a ring in the back pocket. Can you imagine the joy with which he would give the knowing nod? <laughs> <laughs> As he just looks out amongst the crowd, just nods his head nod. slow. The the Jeremiah Johnson slow yes. nods. As everybody pulls out their can of snuff, and he just <laughs> yeah. We, we need. I feel like we need to make that happen, and it's not going to take too much nudging from us. Well, I mean, it would be for him not getting the followers. That's going to be the uh, tricky part. Well, I think for him, he feels like they're already there. They're just hesitant to come out. Oh, yeah. He thinks all of our hundred listeners are. And he's not, I mean, he's his not faithful far. already. Yeah. He, he's not far from the truth that he's, you know, I mean, he is the favorite. There's no doubt about that. Well, that's what he tells us. And I guess that's a sign of a good cult leader. He's telling you he's the, got it. But the way it would work with him would be that he would be smiling and nodding, and then he would get behind closed doors, and he would be asking us, what the fuck am I supposed to do right now? These motherfuckers. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> Go out there and nod. Go on. Well, oh, I, He would eat it up. I want you to... If any of us are going to do it, it's going to be him. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely. Because neither one of us want that many people around no, us. No, not at all. I, I can't imagine having to have that focus. And to that point, when you watch that Source family, there's an element to that towards the end where it's like, eh. Yeah. I don't, I don't want... I mean, I, I just... I don't, I don't want that level of 
sociability in my life. I'm fascinated by cults. I don't ever really see that I would have ever been success, uh, success susceptible to them. I would have loved to have gone undercover in one. Yeah. That would that would be a blast. Some new journalism, if you will. Perhaps. Maybe go a little Hunter S on them. A little even uh, Tom Wolf. Yeah. Because I was looking up. So, you know, we've been talking about Tom Wolf a little bit. I'm almost done with the right stuff. So good. Very good. And, you know, I talked about how, and, and we can talk about it later too, maybe even get Brad on together with this because I'd be interested from his perspective since he's actually written history books. But right stuff was all retroactively him interviewing people and stuff. Right. But I was reading up. He actually was there for electric Kool-Aid acid test, all most of all of that. So he was embedded and... Oh, yeah. Which that one kind of boggles my mind because I'm thinking, was he doing acid also right. while all this is going on? And, you know, so... I, Probably a pretty good chance. Yeah, I, I don't see how he couldn't have done some. But anyway... That's a. Uh, I haven't finished that book. We need to just. Dis- we'll we'll discuss Wolf. The later polarity on for between sure. the. I found the right stuff very easily, an easy read. Right, much easier than the. But electric Kool Aid acid yeah. test. I struggle. You know, it's if I can get a few pages at a time before I'm kind of like, okay, I just uh, you know this is not. I mean, it's not. It's interesting, but it's not. It doesn't flow easily. But it's a different story. Like we story. talked about before, and I know we're going to do a Tom Wolf episode, but I mean, I'm just fascinated by the process of that for right. him. I and, mean, the amount of hours of research and, and writing right. that it takes to put something like that And that's together. why I'd like to have uh, Brad give some perspective yeah. about that. Yeah. Because I know he's got some thoughts about the novelization type aspect of certain stories and things like that. But, and uh, I just wonder with Wolf how much, because I know I saw an interview with him one time when he talked about that he did a lot of that legwork himself. Right. Like, I wonder how much, because that makes a big difference too. Like, sure. how many researchers and people you've got doing legwork. But I know at least in the early days, you know, he took a lot of that responsibility on himself. Right. And that alone is, I mean, quite the undertaking. Especially with considering. the topics he was taking on. Right. And like, in the case of the Mercury 7, those guys are all, and their families are spread out at that point. Oh, it's yeah. not like they're all still at Houston or Cape Canaveral. or. Well, you could write a book on every character in there. So uh, absolutely. To, to call it down and make it a, 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 you know, a, a cohesive story yeah. and, and make it interesting. That's the thing is when you've got that much, in, just that volume of information. Right to research to begin with, but then to take it and to make it into a nice cohesive narrative. I mean, that's, that's genius level stuff. I don't know if it's true, but I I read somewhere that initially he was going to write about the entire space program, including, cause he wrote that in what 79 was when it was published. Yeah, it sounds about right. But it was going to include Apollo and you know, all that and Gemini and all that. But once he started to delve into it, it was, no, that's too yeah. much. It's just... Oh, you could get lost in that sure. so easy. But and that's I, what happens. You know, a lot of guys, they dive off into something like that and they never come out of it. Yeah, because you can't, you can't make it out of anything. Can All you right. imagine just spending years and years on researching something and trying to write something like that and then just never being able to put it together because well, you just get lost in it? That's another good 
discussion point with Brad because I know that his Arredondo book took years yeah. to write. Well, and that's that's where a publishing company and a deadline and things like that can, can help or you. Benefit, yeah. beneficial because you have to have some boundaries and right. some of that stuff. But you just not, never get just, it done. It'll be the ever never ending thing, and I. I could certainly see how that ha- could happen. I think he mentioned something about you and I writing a book or something like shit. I don't want to write any more books. My books are out there already. I mean, right. I don't want to give my pen name, but they're out there. It involves a uh, penthouse and forum. Well, they're they're easily accessible. Right. Let's just put it that way. I never thought it could happen to me, but here I am writing. True well, story. So, kids, do your homework. Wild Wild Country, The Source Family, and Finders Keepers. We will uh, discuss those when we find Heavy, if he ever gets back from vacation. Or starting up his cult. We don't know what he's really doing. And uh, email us your thoughts. Or if you've got documentaries that you think we should see, let us know. Let us hear from you. Email we'll us. watch it. Yeah. We haven't seen it. I mean, we're, I'm always up for a new we'll, documentary. I'll let Ty watch it. And he could tell me to watch it, then I'll watch it. There you go. And then Heavy will say, uh, "What? What were we talking about? What was that one you mentioned?" Right. He's yeah. He'll ask us three times, but we'll remind him what it is. Maybe we need to have him checked out for some uh, early onset dementia. I think he would say he's above all that. Oh yeah, sharp as attack. He'd tell us. We just don't understand his type of thinking. He's busy. <laughs> I would love to have him start trying to bullshit on some transcendental plane, how oh. we're going, our energy is flowing through, and we're going to reach the next level with our 33rd degree harmonic convergence. I can't wait to see the look on Cormac McCarthy's face when we all meet him and Heavy goes into his opinions and philosophy. How he should have ended Blood Meridian? <laughs> Now, I've read this book a couple times every year. <laughs> Got a couple suggestions. Maybe you want to do a, uh, a, a, uh. I think I know what you were going for here and let me, let me help you out with right. this. It's not clear. <laughs> I think this would have tied things together better. <laughs> you want some more beans? So, you know, some people say never meet your heroes, but I would say, Never meet somebody that thinks you're a hero. Indeed. Indeed, sir. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com, and I guess we'll talk to you later. Bye. Adios. Bye. Adios. Bye. And what's the problem? I got a human foot. Have a what? I got a human Foot. And this plum nasty got me grossed out. Foodie, foodie, something from the bar, sir. Hold the phone. Nothing for me, thanks. And world-class championship wrestling, I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Salley. Good night from Dallas, Texas.